Wednesday, June the 9th. Thanks so much for tuning in here to NL News. Day at the time, 4.39, almost 4.40. Partly cloudy. 22 degrees in downtown Kamloops. All right, so we're a number of days, you know, removed from the findings at the Kamloops Residential School, and we're continuing to react, to learn, to absorb what happened, and talk about where we go from here. You know, less than two weeks removed from the discovery of bodies of 215 kids in unmarked graves being made public, and quite frankly, it's still incredibly fresh. The conversations are tough, but necessary. There have been calls for an apology from the Catholic Church, with Pope Francis falling well short of that on Sunday. The federal government has done, I'm going to say nothing, since the discovery was made public. I spoke this afternoon with the chair of the Shuswap Nation Tribal Council, Kukpi Wayne Christian, and we talked, you know, about all of this. Just how is his community feeling? How, how has he been dealing with the situation since it's been put out there? And, you know, how does he feel about the response we've been seeing from, from the church, from the federal government? Here's my conversation with Cook v. Wayne Christian. Well, I think, first of all, to our survivors of the residential school, it's really important that people understand, you know, what's happened here and how they're reacting. Because you'll see in the many different stories... Uh, the, the actual uh, survivors are telling their stories for the first time. And that this trauma that had took place for them, you know, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40 years, that they've been uh, carrying this burden. And I say to them that we're reaching out to them and uh, anything we can do to help them at this time, it's our responsibility, whether we're Indigenous or not because they, uh, it's really important that they be supported because they need this at this time. And so I think that that's my sort of after the horror of it all is we need to reach out and help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, as tough as it is, I think that that's uh, the message uh, to begin this whole conversation. It's not about us and them. It's about totally, it's like the, it's a, these children have sort of stood up and showed the world this was our life. This is what happened. And the survivors, what's happening for them it's that last piece of the puzzle, they call it, that's putting it together for them, that they feel that validation that the horrors that they experienced, yeah, it did really happen. And some are speaking their story for the first time. So I ask people to be patient with the survivors and help them. We're looking at different supports for survivors. And I think that's what's really important at mm-hmm. this time because it's not, uh, it's not something that goes away quickly. It's been 10 days, but I still feel really raw about it emotionally. And, uh, very emotional and so it's not <clears throat> it's not an easy process yeah i mean it's been 10 days since the discovery but i mean we're talking about you know hundreds hundred plus years of of brutality that we're talking about here when we're looking back in history so this is really just the beginning and in, in a really small 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 step here um one thing i did hear you say in, in speaking with other media is if there are stories to be told let people talk and i think you touched on it a little bit but just why is it so critical that we we take the time to listen to the stories that people are are willing to share um you know people like myself uh you know a white guy growing up uh you know i'm 30 years old i didn't learn about the history of residential schools so this stuff although i i knew about it i don't really understand or have yet to really grapple with the full extent of just how brutal things were why is it so critical, do you think, to hear the stories that people are willing to share to uh, really get a good understanding of what it is we're actually dealing with here? 
You know, I think the, the key part of that whole process is that uh, people need to be heard. You know, it's like if you're silenced for sometimes up to 80 years, it's like uh, when that opens up, it gives a validation that this really did happen. And the validation and what I'm noticing for the survivors that have actually been able to tell their story without breaking down, because they will break down. And because it's so emotional and terrific, some of the things that happened to, with the survivors, that if they can get through that part of it, they move into that healing piece. And I think that's really important. So a lot of times it is about just sitting down and listening. We don't need to do anything right away. Yes, at some point they may need professional help, but they'll say that. They'll say, I need help now. This is what I need. And I think that's a big part of it. People need to tell the survivors' voices need to be heard. Because I think that for so long they've been silenced. And you think about the murdered and missing women as an example. Yeah. Those missing, primarily a lot of them are probably residential school survivors and or for the foster care system. And the same with that whole process, the missing. And that's what's happened here. Those 215 children have focused that is all connected. It's not happened 100 years ago. This is right now on the streets of Kamloops, Vancouver, Victoria, Winnipeg. The people on the streets are the result of the Indian residential school. The horrors, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. It's just this hard. You know, as a, as a leader, when I see my people and you see the people walking on the streets, you know that the history they've been through, nobody's listened to them. Mm -hmm. Nobody's heard them, and it's it's really hard. And I apologize for breaking down, but that's what I mean by how raw this is. And it's still right here, right now. We're dealing with it every day. And so I just hope that your listeners will understand that. Hey, yes, listen. And it's not up to us. If you, as uh, non-Indigenous people, need healing because of what you've heard, find your own healing, please. Mm -hmm. You know, work through it somehow because it's really important you get an understanding of what trauma is all about and how as a traumatic event can last up to 80 years from the event actually happening when it comes back to people it's like a flashback right now they're in it and it's really difficult for people to understand that and i've watched the media and i've asked some of the media be careful when you're talking with subscribers make sure that there's counseling support for them making sure that there's looked after because when they tell their story they're going to break down they're going to fall apart in front of you. Can you handle that emotion, that raw emotion? And I think that's what's important with telling the story. So I really appreciate the question, but I ask the listeners to think about this in terms of how you can support the survivors and listening, but also support yourselves to understand that's what's critical here. Yeah, thank, thank you so much uh, for that response. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that's a really important point to, to make out to those listening here right now. So, so thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I did want to ask while I have you here, Kukpi Christian, about uh, the response that we're seeing from uh, the federal government and from the church. Uh, you know, we saw Pope Francis speak on the weekend and it didn't really feel very sincere, stopped well short of actually apologizing for the role the church played, the federal government not really uh, taking accountability. We've, we heard from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and, and for me, his words felt a little hollow. Um, you know, just how, how disappointing is it to hear some of, of what we're hearing from those, uh, you know, the federal leaders, from the leaders within the church, and, and not really 
owning up to this at this point in time? Just what what has been your reaction? Well, first, the federal government, uh, you know, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, I've had encounters with his father during a constitutional debate about uh, his father, uh, Pierre, uh, didn't even think we had rights and said that so publicly. And uh, I had a confrontation with him that he actually lied to the world about us as a people, that Canada was built on the resources and the lands of our people, and that we were subjugated under their system. And they put in a whole system to systemically uh, wipe our people out, which is the Indian Act. So in order for the federal government to change, whether it's liberal, whether it's conservative, whether it's NDP, whether it's green, they have to really take a serious look at the Indian Act and dismantle it because that's the legal instrument that they still use today. It's why there's a human rights case happening right now with the children's because mm-hmm. of the Indian Act, Section 88. So Trudeau can say what he wants, but honestly, politicians come and go. They have to change the system. They have to take that Indian Act and seriously amend it or remove sections of it because there's still sections in there that specifically talk about how the education and how they got our children into the residential schools. There's still that stuff there. That's alive today. They could actually do that right now to us as a people. You know, and that's the worry is that the instrument is still there. That's what has to change. And, yeah, any federal government, they can say what they want, but they've got to change the system. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to take some time. It's going to take uh, the TRC has made recommendations. There's a whole – you can look at the Royal Commission in 1996, a – you know, the Truth and Reconciliation six years ago, all of these things have been put on the federal government's table. All types of recommendations, but none have been picked up, and they have to be picked up, and that's what's important. <clears throat> so the federal government, regardless if it's Trudeau or whether it's, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name, the ball guy. O'Toole, yeah. Conservative guy. Yeah, Tool. Eric O'Toole. Just look, I always see the bald head. I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But that's, okay. you know, whether it's any, any politician, right, they'll say what they want, but they can't do anything because they, it's like turning a ship. They, they can't turn this bureaucracy to the way it needs to go or to stop it. It just keeps going. And I think that's what we have to understand because you have a whole system in place that's designed to take away what we have as rights, but take away our Indianists, take away who we are, and it's systemic. It started back in nine years after Confederation with the enactment of the Indian Act, and it continues today in 2021. So the, that's the federal government. The church, that's a whole different story. You know, um, Pope Francis, in his uh, attempt to say words that would uh, ease the pain, all he did is anger people. Yep. You know, whether it's, uh, and I really think about it in this context, the church is supposed to be built on love, compassion, the Ten Commandments, right? And one of them is, thou shalt not kill. You know, what's up with that? Look at Pope Francis. Your whole system is designed based on the doctrine of discovery. That's why people could go around the world, because indigenous people are seen as savages and non-human. You declared us non-human. And that, that whole process, I think that's what people need to understand. And it's still the system, the Catholic Church is a huge bureaucracy. It's bigger than people really realize. And I think that that's the, those are people that are active Catholics. I ask you to think about how do you 
pressure your hierarchy to do something about this. We can't do it. It's going to have to come from within. Because we could ask for, you know, an apology, and people say, oh, what good is an apology? Our people are dead. Yeah. What are you going to do? Where's the restitution? Mm-hmm. Where's, the, where's the redress? So it's more than just an apology. So I hope at some point, yes, publicly that happens. It's symbolic, and it means something coming from the Pope, especially to the believers, because we still honestly, and, I, and people in our community still have some connection to the Catholic Church, with, if you can believe that, and that's because of their faith, and that's okay. But they need to see something from their leader on our side, and I think that's what uh, we have to understand. And, and it, uh, an apology has to turn from words into action, you know, redress, restitution, you know, healing, all of those types of things is really, really important. So those are sort of my views on those two aspects of uh, what you've asked, and I, I just hope that your listeners understand that it's not going to, we can't do it alone. We need your help. We need people to step forward and to talk to your local parish, talk to the whoever, the bishop. I don't, I don't know the hierarchy of the church, quite honestly. And it's quite a hierarchical process yeah. because I think anything Pope Francis has to do has to emanate from their, their hierarchical process, the archbishops, the cardinals, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know the, you know, I'm just yeah. learning about this now, actually. So I think that's part of the problem is that he's had no discussions with his uh, underlings. So. Cook P. Christian, uh, thank you so much uh, for your time. I know these are not easy conversations to have, but they're very important to to, to let people know um, sort of where the community is and what we can all do uh, in, at this time to help as much as we can. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me, and I know it's difficult, but, but thank you so much. Well, I think one final point, I think it's important because part of our responsibility is to take care of those uh, little ones. And I think when we do our ceremony for the little ones, we're asking the uh, you know the spirits and the Creator and all of that to help us find their find these children find their way home, you know, find their way home because they're not just from within Sokapmalula; they're from all over the place. So when we do that, we ask the public as a whole do the same thing: ask for help to find these little ones uh, where they come from. Because if you can imagine, these are the missing; they're missing. Because there's stories coming up now that, hey, so-and-so is missing. And I think that's what's important. So we can do this together. It's really important. So I just want to say that uh, I really do appreciate uh, the opportunity to, you know, talk with you and your your audience, Coach Trump. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Joe. Coach P. Wayne Christian, uh, Chair of the Shuswap Nation Tribal Council. Really appreciate him joining me. Incredibly tough stuff to hear, but I am sure even more difficult to say. Can't thank him enough for sharing. Thank you so much.